0: Welcome, everyone, to the One Up Floor Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan J. Ingram. And as always, we are bringing in owners, high-impact sales professionals, people who are innovators on this podcast to figure out, hey, you know, they've seen a lot of success in their career and their work, but what are they doing outside of their current work to be successful, to take that deep dive? So today, uh, today, we got to, as always, we have a special guest. But Jeff and I... We go wow we go we go way back that's uh before the vid day so 20 I mean probably earlier than that like 2017 2018 we've known each other and we've had the pleasure of working together I uh, went and trained his sales memo team over at mindbody so and Jeff has always just been a good friend and uh, I'm excited because he always keep he always keeps it real with me so I know he's gonna keep it real with y'all so y'all gonna get a lot out of this because he's like Morgan what you're saying is dumb or Morgan what are you doing here so I know you have to have people in your life that do that right I feel like a lot of people tiptoe around things and Jeff doesn't do that and I and I love and respect him for it and he always checks in he's, he's always thoughtful. So uh, Jeff Waldholm, he is the VP of RevOps over at MindBody, uh, when you think of RevOps that basically is across the customer journey and the glow to market strategy um, and he's been extremely successful in his career, um, has a lot of mentees, does a lot of work outside of that and we have him here today to really dive into again what is he doing outside of his working career. Real quick, I want to show some love to one of our sponsors, Lee, and my guy, Kyle Lacey over there. It's a powerful yet simple readiness and training software for high growth sales teams. And as we all know, it's a virtual environment. So it's really important to have the remote teams on the same page so they can deliver amazing experiences to the customers and prospects. And I love their motto, by the way, do better work. Check them out. They're helping major brands like HelloFresh, Goodwill, Birchbox, and Thrive Market do success. And a lot of their clients are saying that their software gives them a lot more confidence in the way that they onboard their new reps and their existing reps. That's massive. So if you're in the market for it, check them out. Easy to use, easy to adopt. It's lessonly.com. So it's L-E-S-S-O-N-L-Y.com. And you can also click the link in the show notes to get there as well. Jeff, anything else you want to tell us here? I want to make sure that's all accurate before we move forward.
1: No, that's probably the nicest thing anyone's ever said about me, man. It's like, I'm, I don't want to ruin it. You know, there. Stay, stay on the high note. It's all downhill from here. So.
0: Uh, good stuff. So, what we would love you know before we get into the three things we always ask a little side questions here so you are in arizona when i i love arizona it's one of the places i've actually considered to moving at some point and there's a lot of things to do in arizona um there's hiking there's actually a lot of sports over there uh and there's also like you got sedona so what is your number one activity that you like to do in arizona
1: yeah. I mean, I live in a, my house. I got lucky. We found a super dope house when moved here. So it's it's almost resort style. And so like, you know, 24 by 7, 365, I can take a cannonball with the kids in the backyard. The weather's always on point. So that's it. Nice. Like AZ is great, but it's just what it allows you to do is to live outside, you know, all the time. Like Yesterday, so we're doing this thing called September. It's a, it's a, we're raising awareness okay. for cerebral palsy research, and so you got to take ten thousand steps a day for thirty days, which is actually really freaking hard during when you're working from home. Yeah, um, but I'm taking walks, and it's 108 degrees outside. I'm loving it, making me in. It's just like Arizona is great because you get to be outside all year round. So it's that, but it's like you said, it's like the hiking is incredible. You know, when I moved here, I didn't really even know we had mountains. There's mountains everywhere. You can yeah. Few hours away and you can be 30 40 degrees cooler so it's a dope spot and it's uh it's still relatively affordable so he's, he's the spot man pull up yeah <laughs> any spot
0: that looks great and it's and it's relatively affordable it's probably the place you want to be uh that i, I love that i love that and then uh, another question for you um as well before we get into this you know you've been in a lot of you, you've been in a lot of roles revolving around data and finances in and, and that type of role. Um, I kind of was reading through an interview where you talked about like that was something that gravitated towards you. Um, when what when did that realization happen for you where you were like, you know what, this is what I love to do? And then what's your advice for people to like get to that point of like, no, this is my love?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said something once really early in my career, and 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 they said, finance is the language of business. Mm. And and it's in, it's a global language that you have to be able to speak to grow your career and to know it. And every successful exec and every innovator and creator who really drives it has to understand that that language. And uh, and it was one of those things where, like, sure, I had some interest in numbers and sure I had some interest in like how it works. But but like moving into that side of the business, you really understand how an organization works. Right? Yeah. Not just this isn't just how much revenue, how much expense are we healthy or not, but how you invest and how we build software and how we depreciate things. You learn so much about how an organization actually runs and and, and functions every day that what it does is it kind of becomes an accelerant. Right. Mm -hmm. It would be like it would be like one of there's two great examples of how you accelerate your career. One, you get on boards and you sit in boardrooms and listen to smart people tell you about their business all day. I'm not there yet. Two, you start a (laughs) podcast like you, and you invite a bunch of smart people to come share all of the stuff that they do. And you're going to soak every ounce of that up, right? So you're accelerating your career that way. And then that kind of third thing was like, by learning finance early Mm -hmm. in my career, I got to have these kind of advanced business concepts that I had no business knowing about because it was my job. And all of a sudden, you're like, dang, I actually know how that works. And I know why they did that. And why did we invest there? Where's the next dollar spent? And how do we, right? Right. And so it's just one of those three things. And that's the easiest access point for me because I'm old enough that I didn't have a podcast when I was your age. I wasn't a thing yet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that,
0: it, it's actually hilarious that you mentioned number two. Uh, and someone said this in a podcast interview and I was like, yep, they, they they know what it is. And you've already spilled out the secret. Podcast interviews at the end of the day is, is free consulting. Free. <laughs> it's free therapy to some degree. <laughs> it, it really is.
1: It really, you're talking to the smartest people that you know about like, what are the most important three things? Like, dang, what a way to get smart fast. Yeah. That's hard to do. Like, cause, cause otherwise it's long and slow, right? You know, you get on Google and go, how do I get smart about business quickly? Oh, good luck. You know, we'll see it in 40 <laughs> years. Right. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's a great way to do it. And we're not at the point yet where we get to sit in a boardroom all day and, you know, listen to, to smart business folks talk. And so let's do it. You know, here we are.
0: Absolutely. Which transitions write us into the questions. Uh, you talk about how our organizations work? We're going to figure out how you work. So what are the three things outside of your career and work that you do to make sure that you're successful in what you do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So my three things, the first one I have is I have a quote running in the back of my head all the time. And, and it sounds like this, if you wrote a book about your life, would anybody want to read it? Right. And that's how, and that's how I think about my life. And at the surface that everyone hears that and you start internalizing and you go, shit, probably not. I'm really boring. Right. Mm-hmm. And what it doesn't mean is live the craziest, wildest life, like a rock star that everybody wants to read this car crash happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what it means to me. So thinking about like that is if I'm writing a book and my life is a book um, every day, I have this opportunity to go, Right now, nobody wants to read this shit, right? Nobody wants to hear what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And you get a chance to take a step forward and own it. And I think I think a lot of us feel like this kind of like innate dis non-ability to, to take control of your story, right? I'm I'm out of shape, my mental health isn't a good space, I don't like my job, I don't like my partner. Um, and, and having this kind of constant running billboard in the back of your head, mm. it's like, I have the opportunity to write my story and I can just start today. Right. And sometimes that's cheesy, right? Just go to the gym the first time and just, you know, take, you know, whatever that is just, to eat your first salad and stop eating KFC, yeah. uh, make the step to, to find a therapist, you know, to, to work on your mental health, What find a mentor. Whatever that is, right? Take that vacation you've been talking about. Um, all of us have that ability to to take that next step. And and if I just think about that narrative of my book in the background, um, you know, I think I think it's it's an important thing. That's yeah. like bullet one there. But there's a bullet two that I think is important, right? And 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 the and the narrative of of if I wrote a book about my life, would anybody want to read it? Is I think there's a big value in being able to tell your story, right? And so it's yeah. not about what the, what the content is. It's about how you tell your story. And, and a lot of us go, well, oh, I'm pretty boring. Uh, I just sit and watch TV. I just play video games. I'm just an accountant. Uh, you know, pick a thing, right? I'm just an SDR. Yeah. And, and like being able to tell your story um, and articulate your value um, doesn't have to be big and sexy. It doesn't, isn't tied to your title, right. At your yeah. job, it can be anything. It's like, who is my value as, as a partner, as a parent, as a child, right? Like maybe I am boring, but maybe I love to read. Right. And, yeah. and it's a story that, of your life about like my journey, loving to read. I don't love to read. That's not me, but like there's somebody <laughs> out there example. Like, yeah. Yeah, there's somebody out there that's like, all I do is I work all day and then I read at night. Well, and if you diminish yourself, right, and say, well, all I do is read all day and work during the day, right? Like, that's all I do. You've taught people how to treat you by the way you yeah. position yourself, right? Like, well, all I, I'm pretty boring. Okay, that's a great way to tell your story. No, Nobody wants to read that. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I'm, if, I'm if, out. <laughs> exactly. But if you're Morgan and you're like, my journey began through video games. And let me tell you how that journey came to where I am today as the host of the one up podcast. Right. Mm. And let me tell you that jer- and taking your audience on a story or on that storyline with you, people want to read your book.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that.
1: I so it's those two that. Things. I think it's just like it stamped this thing on my for- on my forehead. Right. Does anybody want to read this book? And if not, if I'm like, no, nobody wants to read this. I have the power to change it today. And then it's my responsibility to tell that story well, even if it's just to myself, right? Telling myself the story of like, yeah, somebody wants to read this book about how this, you know, white trash kid from the Midwest, mm-hmm. you know, from small town North Dakota, um, has figured this thing out and is now, you know, running this team or doing this thing or in this charity or whatever it might be. Like, there's a story there. I just got to be able to tell it. I could just say, Man, I'm 40, I got two kids, a wife, it's a pretty boring life, you know, everything's good here. Nobody wants yeah. to be. Nobody wants to read that.
0: I love this. This is uh, there's, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. So let's talk about the quote. Where does the quote come from?
1: Uh, I, you know, I don't even remember. I only remember the feeling I felt when the first time I heard it. And mm. I think I said, no. Nope. I was like, no, nobody wants to read this shit. Right? I was 20 or something. I yeah. And I think, you know, at that point when you're 20, you're like, People only want to read books about crazy lives, you know, Airpl- airplanes and champagne. Yep. I'm in Paris. And I was like, I'm just not doing much. I just graduated college. I'm doing a thing. And I, I don't remember where I heard it. I just remember it made me feel away. And I was like, huh, no, nobody wants to read this book right now. And yeah. uh, I don't know where I heard it. I was young. I was just maybe just out of college. And and I think it, it stuck with me like... There there's something to that and if it made me feel away, maybe there's maybe there's more, you know, layers of the onion to peel back.
0: Okay. So you mentioned layers to peel back. You know, someone hears this quote and like you said, they're like, my life's boring. All I do is like make calls and I watch Netflix or like maybe I'm in marketing, I just do campaigns and then I, you know, I might hang out with my friends, but no, that's nothing exciting. What's what's the first step? Okay. I I realize that my life seems boring, but we're gonna talk about how to tell the story. But first we got to figure out like (laughs) what where do I even start with this, Jeff? Where do I go?
1: Yep. Yeah. I think it's, you know, the first step is is taking the first step. And it's just it's going, I'm gonna be intentional about creating a story that Mm. people want to read. And it's like I'm gonna make the I'm gonna use the word intentional, right? I love the word intentional leadership, intentional career development, intentional. And it's like I'm gonna be intentional about creating a book that someone wants to read, and that could be, you know, like I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on the career that I have and hmm. say I'm not just a marketer. I'm a damn I'm marketing. Like I'm working for a, some cool startup SaaS company. And I'm doing it, right? And it's just about this perspective of how you view yourself. Like, well, who do you think you are? What value do you think you bring there? Um, It's taking the first step to go. I'm going to be intentional about creating this book, right? And and that's the first step, right? And that might be today, I'm going on that walk. I'm going to start today. I'm going to start keto. I'm going to, right? I'm going to do whatever. I'm going to start meditating. I'm Mm -hmm. going to book my flight. I'm going to leave him, start her, yep i'm gonna get my resume together right i'm just making an intentional step to go this isn't the story that anybody wants to read because yep. it doesn't put me in a position to be able to tell my story the way i want to tell it right? you and i were kind of talking about that before we went live Yep. what what story do we want to be able to tell people i can't tell my story good if i'm telling someone else's story or what they want me to be doing
0: Yep. absolutely and and we get caught up on that. Uh, last podcast, I was, I was talking about social media, um, how you know social media can be good, but it also can be awful, right? You see certain people and you're like, wait, they're, I don't know, bungee cliffing off this, off this crazy thing and they're doing these crazy things trips, right? And I want to do that. And then we're like, ah, I can't, I can't do that. Like what's going on. But they did take steps to get there. Yeah. We don't see those. So you mentioned, you know, from the Midwest, North Dakota, and you know, now you're in Arizona, obviously there's steps you take it to get where you're at. What was your first intentional step?
1: Yep. I think my first intentional step, um, my first intentional step was always, we started with, which was, you know, that step into finance, right? Yeah. Oh, I really want to understand how businesses work. And, um, and I think in being intentionally curious about how companies run and how they're grown and how they're managed and who pays the bills and mm-hmm. what does this EBITDA thing really mean? What does it mean when they get around to funding? It's like just having a curiosity for how it all works um, allowed me to build kind of a bottoms up story, right? And not just mm-hmm. a tops down story. Tops down story you know, Babe Ruth, call your shot. I think it's Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, call your shot, right? Yeah, that's
0: it. I think that's it. Yep.
1: I'm going to be a CFO and I'm going to start there and like, just figure this thing out. And I'm like, I'm going to figure out how this works from the ground up. I think that was my first intentional step was just to let go. I'm going to be intentionally curious about how this works and see where that journey takes me. Right. Um, And, and, you know, I I talk, it's funny, I hate social media, like despise it. I think it's terrible for our society for a million different reasons. And I'm not going <laughs> to, not going to get into it. Um, that's another episode. <laughs> yeah. It's a different, that's a different podcast. Um, but, but like thinking back, people ask me a lot. I, I have an MBA, right. And people mm. go, tell me, should I get an MBA? Is a great thing. Um, and I'm out. And what I always say, I didn't learn a whole lot of my MBA. I got a cheap MBA at a B school. It was nothing mm. special. I cruised through it in two years while I was working. Um, but that, but what happened when I got my MBA is I got my first really good job because my then manager, the hiring manager valued the fact that I had an MBA more than I did. And I remember yeah. it was my like turning point in my career. I got the first kind of big paying job. Right. Yeah. And he, and he goes, well, you have an MBA, right? you're like 28 you got an MBA, like you're on your way. And and little did he know, I didn't really learn shit for the last two years. It was kind of like, I was was there. (laughs) I was like, this is just an expedited version of, you know, business school and undergrad. I didn't value it. I didn't learn a whole lot. I don't attribute my success to getting an MBA, but I took a step to do it because I knew people valued it. And it turned out that I placed the right bet. So this dude hired me for a job that I probably, no, actually, I know I wouldn't have got that job without the MBA. But not because of what the mm. MBA gave me, but because he believed in it. Right. And so I got that first job and got that step. So like that those two things are kind of where I can like point to my career and go, those were my first intentional steps that like changed the trajectory of, of my life. Right. And then I and then I have one more in my career, and then that's where I'm at. Then that next one got me to where I yeah, am.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely love that in terms of taking the intention and the actions of what you're doing. And and figuring out what is that first step. I think sometimes we overthink the first step. And you're saying, hey, like this is where I wanted to go. One thing you also mentioned though is on the health side, right? You were saying, hey, well, there's some things that you want to maybe you know maybe we start working out keto, pushing up pushups, whatever. So my next question is, you take the first initial step. How do you know when to focus your intentions on another area? when maybe you're really focusing on your career, but know you need to focus on your health. It could be the obvious to go to your doctor to tell you you need to fix something, but how do you know when to take those intentional steps so that you could tell a, a full story, right? Cause you don't want to be like, Hey, you know, I did really well in my career, but like now I'm in a wheelchair. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's an awesome question, right? And it ties right into mind body where I, you know, where I work, right? Yep. Our mission at mind body is to connect the world to wellness. And we, and we don't just talk about wellness being, do you have, you know, visible abs? this is about all the different dimensions of wellness, right? Societal, professional, mental, physical, right? It's all of these different, different forms of wellness. And, um, and I think that the best time to start focusing on on that is like five minutes ago. And the next (laughs) best time is right now. Mm. And and having that kind of flywheel of of wellness um, is key to success, right? Because, Otherwise you're dragging anchors through, right? And, and we'll get to my last, my last, my three points, we're still on, on one here, it is the value of routine, right? I love mm-hmm. routine. And, and we'll talk about how my wellness routine is is, uh, is is kind of abnormal and I work things backwards, but it's just, it's constantly weaved in. Um, but, but there's another thing I'd love to share that I think about, and this is a mindset that I have. Yeah. I, I think of my career and a year or a thing I don't think about the calendar year, right? This quarter, Q1, Q2. I think about seasons and chapters, right? And so my seasons of my career, there are seasons where I am wholly focused on my wellness, right? I'm thinking about how much gym time, how, you know, how am I thinking about social? Am I traveling? How when am I seeing my family? What am I doing with my children? Like, I think all about wellness. And I'm like, the job becomes secondary, right? And I almost like back burner it. And and that doesn't mean I'm not working. I'm not sitting by the pool during work hours. It means that where I take my discretionary calories and burn them is on my wellness. Right. And then I have seasons of life where where work becomes the thing, you know, like we're buying a company, we're going to go public, we're trying to raise funding, you know, whatever it might be in your career. And then that season Mm -hmm. becomes here. Right. And then I put my wellness into kind of like maintenance mode. I know where my bare minimum kind of like, Hey, where's the bottom water line. I have to stay to stay well. And I do that. Right. And, and so I have these seasons and seasons don't go by a calendar. They go by your, you know, where your business is or where your personal life is or where your mental state is. And so so I I try to try to think about like, how do I focus those things? And then you learn where you're like, where's your peaks and valleys.
0: Yeah, no, I really like that because It could it's not black and white. Right. It depends on what the situation is. It depends on where you're at in your life. Right. And then where you really need to focus could be where, hey, I need to be working six, I don't know, six times a week, whatever it is uh, working out. But I need to really focus on this as well, or it's like, you know, actually gonna go down three times working out a week because I'm really focused on this, something in my work could be a project or something like that. So I really like that piece. And I think that's important. And also, you know, as you're continuously evolving and you're making intentional action, uh, one thing you talked about is mentors. And I believe that's really important outside of career and work to have so you can have those conversations. So how do you find these mentors? How do you even start a conversation with someone to be like, yeah, I want you to mentor me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably. Let's just tie it back to the last conversation. Intentional yep. in that first step, right? Yeah. Uh, I know you well enough to know that if there was some young, some young kid out there in their career, and she says, "I'm looking for a mentor here. I think you fit the profile." Um, yeah. People are so willing to give and share, right? And sometimes mentors just like to talk about themselves and people love to do that. Right. So, <laughs> yep, Absolutely. What a, what a great opportunity to get somebody really successful to talk about themselves. And, and also there is an innate goodness in people, you know, and, and mm. why I hate social media is because it, it allows for innate badness to, to shine through. That doesn't really exist. Yep. When I walk out into my cul-de-sac out here, I don't see a lot of the problems in the world. There's no COVID in my cul-de-sac there's no racism in my call to sack, right? These things get perpetuated and built up through social media and you've got this mm-hmm. anonymity and in real life, right? In real life where there's mentors and mentees, people can't wait to help each other, right? We, we are like human, human connection. Um, and so so I think if you're out there and you're looking for a mentor, the first step is just to ask. And uh, and you're, I think your close rate is going to be a lot higher than you think it is. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just around you know doing that and, and and then you know there's also this concept of formal mentors and informal right there's people like you and i right we have an informal mentor relationship i learn from you when you have time to help me you learn from me when we have time but i wouldn't say you're in my mentor wheelhouse i've got five people who say you're the mentor right yep um so i i, I think you know i think it's it's taking the first step and asking the question. I think people want to help. They love to talk about themselves. They want to share what they've learned. It's a superpower, right? And, and if you're out there and you're, and you're saying, I don't have time to be a mentor, trust me, you learn way more as a mentor than you do as a mentee. By being able to share, listen, problem solve, hear other people's perspectives from your mentee, mentors learn way more than mentees do. They just don't. You know, we just don't talk about it as much.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really big nugget because a lot of people would, like you said, not say that. They would be like, well, I'm a mentor. I feel like, you know, my time might be wasted, right? Uh, I could be doing other things. But I'm actually glad that you brought up that, you know, actually, no, as a uh, mentor, you're actually learning as well. And uh, we had talked this before the podcast, but asking yourself hard questions and, you know, re- I just really love this, the quote that you had, I've never heard of that quote before, you know, what, what's my story. Right. And we're really guiding people through this journey, but in order to figure out what your story is, you have to ask intentional questions. So the question, so the question I have is what type of questions should people be asking themselves to figure out what type of intentional action they should take?
1: Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit about, you know, where do you, where do you want to go? Um, and I hate five-year plans and 10-year plans and retirement <laughs> plans. I hate all of that, right? Because it's just like there is there is so much that happens in our lives, right? Mm. You know, who would have thought 18 months ago that like literally the world would shut down? Nobody, right? No one's and planned they, for that. Everything and we did layoffs and we went home and we got you know sentenced to our couch. And so I love short horizons where we can actually do work and, and do that. And so I think you got to just do your short horizon, right? And go, what do I, what do I need to do? Okay. What do I need to do today to be able to tell my story in a way that someone wants to read it? Right. And again, it doesn't mean social media, jumping yeah. off cliffs, bungee jumping. doesn't mean that. It means what do I need to do today to be put myself in my position where I can tell my story so that someone wants to hear it. Right. That, yeah. That's huge.
0: That's it is massive. in. And- you know, one thing that you know you talked about is figuring out the short horizons. So, can you like define what a short horizon is? So, people that are taking notes here, maybe they could figure out what that short horizon is for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, short horizon to me is is anything that you can take action on today, right? Take the mm. first step somewhere where you can actually influence whether that is true or not, right? Mm. Let me give you the opposite. I'll give you the opposite to show, like. I want to be a CEO or a COO one day. Okay, well, you take that next step. So, unless you're the next of kin, unless you're already the COO trying to become the CEO, if you're like me and I'm like, I want to be a CEO next, my CEO, Josh, is like, yeah, dude, cool. We'll see you in five or 10 years. You know, right? For me, it's all about taking a step today that will get me to my next thing, you know, tomorrow, right? Like, Hey, you know, nobody shows up and just I didn't train for a marathon. I'm running the marathon. So don't go start, you know, hey, I have <laughs> or it's a, gonna be a
0: fail if they do that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. So it's like, I'm gonna start my 5K training program today. And today I'm gonna start training for my 5K, knowing there's a marathon coming. I want to run the marathon yeah. in, you know, Carmel, California, you know, in 2023. But today I'm just gonna do one step and I'm gonna do a walk run for a mile, right? So it's like What tangible actions can I take to impact that? That's the like near-term kind of mindset you got to have, right? Well, I want to be a CMO one day. Well, today you're an SDR. So let's worry about how do we get you to be an AE, right? Don't think past that, you know? Look, I love this family analogy. Um, I have so many friends and acquaintances and people I've met in my life. And this Mm. is what they do. They go, well, I grew up and I had two siblings, Um, I lived in the suburbs. And so I want to get married and have three kids and live in the suburbs because I want to have that life. They have their first kid and they go, I actually don't even like being a parent, right? You can just tell, you know, those people who are like, (laughs) they don't actually enjoy being a parent, but they've built this story of who they want to be in their head. And they go have two more kids. And now Mm -hmm. they've got three kids and they resent their kids and they resent their spouse. And they're doing, they're living a life they don't even want to live. Because they told themselves when they were 17, they wanted to live in the suburb and have three kids. We can do that in a professional career too, right? Like me, I used to be like, I'm going to be a CFO. I'm a finance guy. Yep. And then one day, my, my, my CRO was like, dude, you have way too much personality to work in finance. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, yeah, right. And so like, <laughs> at that point, my career trajectory turned right. I was like, well, okay, cool. That guy trusts me. He believes in me. He sees something I don't see yep. yet and so it's like if i would have been stuck on i'm going to be a cfo i'd be a director of finance somewhere probably you know stuck and not driving not living the life i want to live and if i was telling yep. my story i would be telling my story like yo know, i when i was 12 i said i wanted to be a cfo you know and instead i'm doing this like short term thing where i can impact tomorrow and and give myself that life that i enjoy living
0: i know i know Getting an interruption in the middle of the episode and having an ad pop up in the middle of a great point is the worst. However, I want to show some love to my organization and sponsor, JB Sales. And as many of you know, I started out giving out sales content on a YouTube channel and podcast called the SR Chronicles, and I created the one up formula to figure out different concepts. However, on a day to day basis, I'm still talking about sales. And I am a business professional that happens to give out sales techniques and a sales trainer over at JB Sales. And we train reps for leading companies like Slack, Google, MindBody, Salesforce, and many fast growing companies like that. And what some of you may not know, hot tip, is that you can access our content for yourself with our new on demand platform. So people are constantly asking me for my sales tips and constantly asking questions from multiple platforms like on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and everything that I talk about is inside of the on-demand platform. And we're seeing crazy results from people all across the board. And people are DMing telling me, hey, we're, we're scheduling 20x more meetings, 2x on our cold call conversions. And using video prospecting to schedule net new meetings into accounts they never were able to. So if you're interested in this on these incredible results that we're seeing, feel free to check us out. And if you're in sales and if you're looking to up your sales game, this is for you. So check us out, JB Sales On Demand over at ondemand.jbarrels.com. That's on J-B-A-R-R-O-W-S.com. And per usual. I'll put the link in the show notes. All right, let's get back in the episode. I See, I really like this part. It's actually going to lead right into the, the storytelling piece. And I think everyone here definitely needs to pay attention to what Jeff just said. Because in life, you know, let's think about it, like as a kid, you know, most people say I want to be an astronaut, firefighter. You know, police officer. Like, imagine if we stuck with right. Imagine if we stuck with what we said as kids, and like that was what you had to stick with. None. I don't. I don't there's probably percentages out there, but it's probably like five percent, five eight percent of people. Like, if that that actually stick to what they say when they were kids, yeah, right? Yeah, and but sometimes we feel like we have to stick to, Hey, this is it. Like my thing is, you know, I always was like, Hey, I want to just be a motivational speaker. That's it. And I realized like there was more to it than just being a motivational speaker. When I said that, you know, five years ago, it's changed. Right. And and people gave me some commentary about that as well. Just like you got the commentary, which goes into telling your story. Right. Uh, There's people out there who get paid millions and millions of dollars to stream video games right? Now they could have just been like, uh, yeah, I just play video games, whatever. Right. They wouldn't have gotten far, but they've actually made it their lifestyle. And it's an exciting story to see. So how do people go about telling their story? Right. Um, as they're going throughout their life, to career. Uh, so it's not just another, Oh yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just a VP of sales.
1: Yep. I, uh, I I start with, I start with this thought. We teach people how to treat us. Mm. And so, if we if we lead with our value proposition is, I just play video games, I'm just an accountant, I'm just doing Netflix and making dials. Mm. Um, you have taught someone how you value yourself and how you how you, how to be treated. Mm. She, she just does dials, right? That's it. She's just an SDR. She's just a sales rep. She just works for a medical device company, whatever. And so, I think it's starting with like. Having the realization that the way that we present ourselves is the way we are treated mm-hmm. um, starts there. And then it becomes an inner journey, right? It's not about the outer journey of how do I tell a beautiful story so people respect me, engage me, whatever. Doesn't mean everybody has to be an extrovert. Doesn't mean everybody has to love to go to the conference and be, be a motivational speaker. Yep. I mean, you have to go on your journey to be able to tell your story. Right. So that's so that you can teach people how to treat you. Right. And and I think it's just like, again, it's back to intention and taking that first step, but it's like acknowledging that the way that I present myself and who I am, there are people who would look at me and say, Oh dude, you got a dope life, a big house, family, whatever. And then like, there's other times where I'm like, my life is actually pretty boring. Um, And then then (laughs) people who are comparing, right. But if I just led and I was like, Uh, yep. wife, two kids, uh, work at a software company. How about you? They'd be like, okay, cool. You don't even value who you are. So why would I value who you are? Right. And so I think it's acknowledging that and then just getting to a point where you're like, your story doesn't have to be bungee jumping on Instagram. (laughs) Your story can be yours, but you've got to lean into it and feel confident to be able to tell it. right? And maybe you don't start with getting on a podcast with Morgan to tell your story. Maybe you start Mm. with an internet forum. Right. You know, like yeah, yeah. you embrace the anonymity of social media and and, and lean in there, like take, take a leap and just go, I'm going to write a post on Reddit that I'm just telling my story. There's no output other than this is a forum for me to tell my story of who I am and what my dad did to me when I was a kid. And here was my crazy uncle. And here's the, I went to college and my college career was totally boring, totally crazy. Never went to yeah. class. I always went to class, whatever it is. And to think about how all of those things got you to where you are today, right? And if you do that and you have that kind of life-changing moment where you go, no one wants to read this book, then you go, and I know that I can take that first step forward. All I got to do is get my resume together, apply to grad school, move to Dubai, right? Whatever it is. Not a
0: a bad move. (laughs) It's a
1: thing, right? And and, and make that step. So that's it. And again, this isn't... This isn't like live a big, grandiose life, become a CEO, Mm. do the thing. This is owning your journey, your story.
0: And you mentioned a couple of things. Should people be writing these things out? Should they have them in a document somewhere? Where should they keep all this information of like these steps they should take?
1: Yes. I'm a surf and turf guy, right? It's it's all of it. I like, I'll take the answers. Yes. You give me good options. I'll take them, write them down. Um, There's tons of data that says writing your goals down, writing your plans down, writing your day down helps you succeed. And then there's a, there's another side to that, right? Um, what you just said, hey, because five years ago or when I was 12, I wanted to be hacks. Yep. You got to be careful about who you're sharing your stuff with, right? Know your people around you and say, oh, are they going to use this against me? Sometimes yep. you share your goals, sometimes you don't. You share them with your trusted advisors. Don't have a trusted advisor? Tell your dog, right? Your dog, your dog's not, not going to put you on broadcast on LinkedIn. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's a that's a safe zone. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so like, I think there's I think there's a lot of it, right? And it's it's just about you know how do you how do you do the things that are in that near term six month, twelve month, eighteen month, whatever window of time you can control, whatever that season is that you that you do it. Um, I love to write stuff down, right? But I also like you know shower thoughts. There's you know a mentee yeah. mentor relationship. There could be your boss. It could be your peer. It could be your thing. Um, and if you're feeling isolated, man, like what a time to be alive, because what what we have through the Internet and connectivity and social media, like allows us to do that, you know, and it can allow us to find our weird tribes of weird people like us. Yeah. You know, like it doesn't mean like we used to be like, oh, I'm never going to find somebody like me. Totally are. Just go alone. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't that but- weird.
0: Yeah, but i think you actually bring up a great point point uh, and this is a the story that, that i'll tell you know talk about weird i'm um, actually talked to someone on the last podcast that I, that i did episode and we were talking about how growing up now it's cool but gaming and anime was like not really cool like if you talked about it people were like you're a loser so like i would like play games in like secret <laughs> like people like uh, people like oh do you games like no no knowing good and well like i'm about to go play a game after this And it's like interesting now how that's completely changed. And I remember on LinkedIn one day, I don't remember what it was like months ago. I was like, I'm just going to post about in 64. I don't really know how this is going to go. To be honest, this could be a flop or people could love it. And engagement was crazy. People reached out to me. I was like, I didn't know you played video games. And I was like, Whoa, like, I was saying that like, I might be the only person in sales that like plays video games, but obviously that's a lie I'm telling myself, but then I posted and then like, there's my community. So I love that you're talking about sharing that story. Cause like, no, how are you going to find your people if you don't share who you are?
1: Exactly. Exactly. And now we can do that. That's the power. That is the positive power of social media. That's the positive power of, you know, like what we're doing in in companies today, having ERG groups, right? Like I'm the parent of a child with cerebral palsy and I have found community inside of parents or siblings or friends of people with special needs. I have found community in areas that I never would have thought to look or turn the rock over because it was, whether shameful or there's nobody like me. I can only meet them here mm-hmm. in this place. And what you find is, is, you know, man, we are so much more alike than we are different. We tell us our, oh, you know, I'm not color my skin. I don't like this color shirt. That's yeah. so different. And it's like, no, we are human. We have good human connections and, and there are people like us or, or that are different than us that still want to engage all over. We just got to go, just got to step out.
0: Yeah no, I I love this. So, you know, we start off with the quote, uh, we found out different ways of asking ourselves questions to figure out what journey we were to go on. You're allowed to pivot, right? You're allowed to go in a different direction and finding those mentors and taking care of yourself is one thing you mentioned. Um, you mentioned that you have a a special routine and people have been probably hanging on being like, (laughs) Jeff, what are you talking about? So tell us about this routine.
1: Yeah. So I, um, so I, I have read, I don't read a lot of like, um, business books, right? Mm. Um, uh, this this guy that I know, he's actually a competitor of yours. His name is John Reed. He's a sales trainer. Mm -hmm. I use John at a few different companies. And John wrote a book called moving from models to mindsets. Mm, And a lot of books, business books are about models, right? So it's a framework or it's a thing. And, And what I found is, 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 is models are binary, right? They either work or they don't people adopt them or they don't. And then, and then moving to mindsets has really like opened up my aperture to um, there's just a lot of different things that I can build this toolkit where I can take a part of something and like it and use it, or I can put the other part on the other side and say, I never want to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so, so basically when I started reading books about, you know, my, like, thinking about mindset or thinking about my toolkit and stop saying I have to either fully adopt or fully not. um, I I just started to like really think about things differently. And so I built routines based on books. Like my favorite book is called tools of Titans. It's written by a famous podcaster. And it's like for someone who is like undiagnosed ADD, like I am, it's like having 50 (laughs) different little books inside of one book.
0: It's, It's perfect.
1: Yeah. These little micro doses of, of knowledge. Right. And so. So I started kind of applying things I learned from books like that into my routine. Um, And and one of the things, the the number one game changer, I think, in my life was I am incredibly maniacal about sleep hygiene. Mm. I go to bed very, very early every single day. And I wake up when I'm done sleeping. I don't wake up when the alarm goes off. I don't wake up right because I go to bed early enough that I never have to worry about oversleeping. Right. Okay. If, how next, early? How early is this? I was just gonna say, oh, yeah, yeah. everybody, like <laughs> I don't see nine o'clock very often. Mm. Um, and and wow. so, and so, what that means is, is like nobody oversleeps when you go to bed at eight thirty. <laughs> There's no know, way. You Better start down early in the day <laughs> if you're going to oversleep, right? So, so what I found is, is it allows me to get away from you know starting my day with the alarm going, eh, 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 and I wake up when I'm done sleeping. And I start my morning routine. And here's the other like crazy thing. The number one thing that I do for my mental health is mm-hmm. I go to the gym. And I go to the gym all the time. I don't look like I go to the gym because I still eat cheeseburgers and I still drink IPAs. <laughs> but
0: I do- hey, shout out to IPAs though.
1: Shout out to IPAs and cheeseburgers, right? But, but I go to the gym because my mental health and I can look at a decline of my mental health satisfaction patients as my gym time goes down. Right. Mm. And so like people are, I like, you're insane. Like, why would you go to the gym and do this thing if you're not going to eat protein shakes and be a professional CrossFitter or do whatever the thing. And I'm like, I, I do it because it helps me here. Right. Yeah. I am well rested. And when I have gone to the gym and I've just taken that time where it's phone down, whatever the thing, you know, pick it, the emails aren't blowing up. I don't really go work out that hard. I do a lot of walk around, looking in the mirror, drinking water, going, yep, yeah, you're still fast. <laughs> but I leave and my mind feels great, right? And so that routine for me has has really translated into it's really hard to have a bad day when you're well-rested and you got your mind right. And so like, I have so many more good days because I got plenty of sleep, because I'm hydrated, and because I went to the gym. And, um, and it's so easy to have a bad day when you're tired, you know, like that for me is my number one trigger of no patience, no focus, no grind. When that extra, you know, like the thing comes across the wire and they go, Hey, who wants to take this extra project? I'm like, I don't have the energy for that. I'm fucking tired. I'm like, I got energy. I'm ready. I got 12 hours of sleep last night. I got 10 hours of sleep. I'm good. Right. Um, or the same thing, like I can't coach your kids in sports. Right. I hope that resonates. I'm too tired. Right. And here's mm-hmm. this like negative cycle. And this is where like this binge watching of Netflix at the end of the night. Right here. Let me, la- let me land the plane. We're, we're, we're building this life that we need mm-hmm. to hide from and we need to escape from and we escape from our lives via Netflix don't take offense via video games, right? Yeah. And we try, And what we're doing is we're not. You do it because you love it, right? You you game because you love it, and people game because yeah, they yeah, to escape one. the life that they have created. And you just yeah. build the treadmill where you're like, I'm tired. I hate my job. I do the thing, right? And now I got to sit down and escape from all of that. And I do that from eight thirty when the kids go to bed until midnight. And the cycle continues the next day. I'm tired of shit. I hate my job. I was impatient. I wasn't a good partner. I wasn't a good spouse. I wasn't a good dad. I'm tired. And now I need my time, my me time. Right? We love that shit. We've got a man cave, me time, right? And we're going to watch uh, Netflix for three hours, right? Um, if you build a life that's free from all of that, if you don't have mm-hmm. Netflix as your go-to, I don't need to escape from anything in my life, right? That's not. Yeah. I, I have built a life I don't need to escape from. Right, So when I take a vacation, I'm not taking a vacation from my life. I am going somewhere to see and experience something else. Mm. That is such a huge mindset shift, right? Because I don't have to escape. My job is great. My team is incredible, right? Like all things are lined up. I'm well rested. I feel good. My mental health is in a good spot because I'm not building a life that I need to vacation from, right? I'm not grinding so hard so I can get to retirement. The gift is the journey. Today, I'm here. This is amazing. Like I get to work at Mind Body. I have these super cool folks I work with. I'm doing this thing with you. Like, yeah. I don't need to escape from this. I may have take a vacation so I can put that down, so I can see the world, so I can show my kids. do the Sure. Thing. But it's a very different mindset than to be like, oh, I just gotta turn the world off, grab my beer, and I'm gonna watch a thing. Right. I don't do mm. a lot of that. I don't watch much TV. I don't play much video games, and I don't need to. Right. And it's. Yeah. And it, it's cool when it's a hobby and it's terrible when it's a crutch or an escape.
0: I'm um, no, that's, I mean, uh, uh, I think we should just stop the episode. <laughs> I, think, I think we're, I think, I think, I think we, I think you just said it all so, so you Well, I asked some follow questions, but you answered them as you kept going. And, uh, but uh, I think one thing that's really important, uh, toward the end, right, is that we all have certain hobbies, uh, you know, like you all know, like on multiple episodes I've talked about. Video games, that's just my thing. Um, any video game that you probably played before, I probably played it in some form or fashion. Uh, but that's just what I grew up on. I, I love it. It's not an escape. It's a thing that like actually relaxes me. It's actually interesting. So I had a lot of people in my life when I like first started getting into like my career. They were like, "If you want to be successful, you actually have to not play any video games." So you know, I took that advice and I didn't play any. Now it helped, but like I remember, it was like I think it was three years ago. Yeah, three years ago, it had been four years since I hadn't played the games. And I remember like going to find my PS4 somewhere and playing it. And I was like, why did I stop this? Because like as I played the games, I realized how much more relaxed I was and how much more calm I was and focus. But that was that's what I needed. Very similar to the gym, right for you. Right. And I think everyone has to have whatever that is. It could be the gym, meditation, sauna. I don't really care. Uh, what is that hobby? What is that thing you're doing to have that clarity and that focus, uh, And but not an escapism uh, or we have, ex- there's our escapism, but like basically an escape of something where it's like you are going there and you're not really enjoying the life that you have, which is what I love that you said. And you said it very well. Yeah,
1: this isn't about anti-Netflix, anti-video games, anti-drinking beer. It's not yeah. that- this no. is, that's not the point. The point is, is this, this should be something that you're doing as your hobby, the thing you love to do and not because I need me time to escape my life because of that. Like that's now that's, that's the piece. There's the nuance, right? Video games are incredible the way that you're, you're leveraging them in your life. And you've said you've made community and friends and confidence mm-hmm. and all those things. That's right. Someone who's on world of Warcraft, 12 hours a day, <laughs> living on Mountain Dew during the day, hating their life, hating their job, hating their boss. Like now you've gone backwards, right? And that's the thing that I think people just have a hard time finding those lines with. So it's not anti any of those. It's always about, you know, moderation and using things that are hobby that help you to go with the direction you want to go. So you can tell your value story.
0: Yeah. And I think you, you said that so well, and it's going to lead actually to the last question that we always ask people, but you know, what y'all have heard so far, like really take, that quote to heart, you know, I love how we start off with this is like, what's your story what, and what's it gonna be? And if you feel like it's boring, then figure out how can you make it exciting in the way that you tell that story. And Jeff's given you so many nuggets here on how to start doing that. And he gave you his whole routine, going to bed, honest, this is the craziest thing that I've heard, going to bed around 8, 8.30, that's a whole nother level. So we're, we're, that, we gotta figure that one out later, but we're gonna ask the last question here, which is, what's the best piece of advice that you've seen recently?
1: Um, the best piece of advice. I mean, I, I, Oh, let me just, let me be thoughtful about that. Give me just a second. Um, cause I get a lot of great advice and I, and mm. I, I think I take a lot of it. Um, I think, I, I think that the fact that the, the journey is the gift is a piece of advice, um, that I've really embraced lately the last 12 months of my career and life have been, um, stopped, thinking about the destination, right? Be where your feet are. Our friend, Molly Fletcher shared that at our RKO kickoff this year, be where your feet are. And thinking about like this time here is, is the gift Mm -hmm. um, I think is, has really resonated with me. Um, And then, you know, one of my mentors, her name is Olivia. um, You know, uh, her and I, I've had this discussion with her, which, which kind of sounds like this, like, Hey, I've got my tattoos. I like to say fuck in the right audience in the right <laughs> meetings. Right? You know, the right audience in the right meetings. That's right. In the right exactly. Audience. exactly. And I said, but I but I also recognize that in some places those can hold me back. And and um and how do I balance trying to be true to myself with wanting to grow my career sure. and have, you know, and for me it's all about having the ability to impact more people. It's not about my title, my income. It's like how do I take this and and share it with more folks and her and her 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 advice to me was like have very intentional specific conversations with people around you to say hey i need you to understand that i am audience and altitude appropriate i know that when i'm in the Mm -hmm. boardroom i need to put my jacket on I clean up my language. I do the thing. I need you to know that I know where those lines are, and just having that like very intentional conversation with the people that are close—my boss, the CEO, whoever it is—so they know that I'm not going to come out swinging in the wrong audience, right? Yeah. I think that advice to say, not just to say, she didn't say, you know. Clark Kent, put your jacket on, cover the Superman tattoos. She said, have a conversation and let people know, like, I understand and recognize that there are some progressive things that I do, and I do it for a reason. So I can influence people to, to go after and accelerate as a team, but don't sell out who you are, but just just acknowledge and have that, that, that conversation. Like, look, I, I get it. I understand it. I recognize it. I need you to know that I'm always going to yep. show up the right way.
0: Love it. Well, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on this podcast, sharing with us and sharing with people on how to start telling your story in the right way. Uh, Where's the best people, where's the best place for people to find you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not a social media guy, so you're probably not going to find me too many places. Um, (laughs) You you can find me there if you're you're on a professional network. I don't have any social media outside of that, so you're not going to catch me anywhere else. Um, if you're in Scottsdale, you send me an email and, and let's have a beer, have dinner. Um, and that's it. I'm, I'm not I'm not out there. I'm not out there very much. Um, I'm here with the team and I, you know, I take care of the squad when I can and love to do this kind of stuff. Um, I, I'm happy to share my email and anybody can email me at any time they want to chat. Um, I'll do that in a different form. So.
0: Awesome. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. Appreciate your wisdom here, your guidance, and there's a lot of nuggets here for people to take from and figure out how to tell their own story if they haven't even been thinking about it themselves on on taking those first intentional steps, like you said. So as always, y'all one up and we'll see you all next time.